and welcome. Uh, my name is CY. You can find me on Instagram at Tokyo Station Pens or on my website at TokyoStationPens.com and on Twitter at Tokyo Station MNH. And my name is Jacob and I am Foodafan on Instagram and on Twitter and have a blog at Foodafan.com. And this is Tokyo Inklings episode, I believe, 18. Is it? Yeah, that's yeah. 18. <laughs> 18. Yeah, and um, here we are at Tokyo uh, International Pen Show. Yeah. And uh, it's quite a special episode for us because this is really one of the first times we're doing a live kind of recording. So if there are any hiccups, uh, do forgive us. But we are right now live on Instagram uh, recording our show. And so for everybody who's on Instagram Live, you get to hear us kind of uh, a bit earlier. And then for the actual audio podcast, yeah. we'll actually put it out on Sunday as usual. Right. But yeah, we're, we're going to try this uh, new format. So um, I hope you enjoy this. I think it's, uh, it's kind of exciting. Yeah, and this is the, the, the raw unfiltered version and we will tidy it up by, by Sunday. Correct, correct. All right, so um, let me... So actually, we, we are at the Tokyo International Pension. I believe this is the third uh, Tokyo International Pension. It could be, yeah. Yeah, I think last year was the second one. And then in the past two years, uh, it was actually in a location in Asakusa. Yeah. And, uh, and that was quite a smaller venue. So just to give everybody an idea of the venue here, it, it's quite a large space, right? But it's um, it's actually quite bigger than what we're used to. I think last time uh, it was maybe about half the size of this. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I think also the fact that there are fewer people here today contributes to, to that. But um, yeah, yeah. It, it, lo- it looks definitely more spacious. It looks more spacious, but I think at the same time, uh, I believe there are even more vendors this year than uh, than mm. previous years. At least just from my um, my uh, kind of I would say hadakankaku. But it's but there are fewer attendees, and that's sort of part of the the, um, the COVID measures, right? That is intentional. Do you have an echo? Yeah, I'm having an echo. Okay, maybe I need to hold the phone a bit more. Oh, there it is. It's much better. Okay. Um, right, right. So I think the way it works this year is that you have actually sounds like echo again. Okay. Um. Okay, I, I think, think that should be fine. Huh? I no? think you're playing it back here. Is that the case? Do you have a, playing it back somewhere? Uh, no, the playback device. I well, on that one, we, we, we hear ourselves. Okay, maybe that's better. Nope. Are we still hear ourselves from your phone? Let me go check it. Sorry for the technical difficulties, we are figuring this out. Maybe because I'm online, so I can't do this one. There's no way to turn it off?
Hello? Is that better? I still hear an echo. I think. I thought I did. No, maybe maybe this is good. Okay. I hear audio from that one though. It's possible to turn that off. Yeah, there we go. Shall we shall we continue? Yes. Right. So we were talking about the fact that the third year um, there's more people. I mean vendors, well, well, but less yes. attendees. Yes. And the reason for that is that um, they have all kinds of you know COVID measures in place. And one is that they have maximum number of attendees at an point in time. So I think today. So first of all, today is what they call the special day. So you're paying a bit more. I think you're paying 2,000 yen and to go here from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. And I think that most, I think there was 100 tickets. So you can be at most 100 attendees here during these four hours. And tomorrow and for the rest of the week, I think they have between 50 and 100 people for each time slot. So they're controlling it that way. Yeah, and uh, I think last year there was also a significant number of people, especially from uh, Asia and Southeast Asia, yeah. who were here. And uh, this year, obviously, it's only Japanese. So I think that will affect the attendance numbers. Yeah. And uh, for anybody who's interested in last year's event, I think uh, Alessa Inky Rocks, she did a great recap video last year. Uh, where she did both the Manila Pen Show as well as the Tokyo International Pen yeah. Show. So I do encourage everybody to check out the comparisons because I actually think that this year is probably an upgrade. And even going forwards, I think the amount of people here right mm. now that it's not super, super crowded actually makes it a more pleasant experience. Yeah. So I think the, the special day pass, the Friday pass, was sold out. So this is probably... Um, I would guess that it won't get more crowded uh, the rest of the weekend because uh, it, it is as many people as they, they allow right now. Yeah. And it is, you know, you see a lot of people, but it's it's very organized and uh, people have plenty of time to look at the vendors' tables and yeah, it exactly. works very well. All it's right. not in Kunuma. Yeah, no, it's not. So um, that being said, uh, you were here a bit earlier than I was. Uh, yeah. I came uh, really late in the afternoon, but have you had a chance to go around and uh, look out, look at the stores. Yeah, I've been looking around a little bit. Um, there are definitely some differences this year. Um, one is, and, and it maybe it reflects sort of what I'm looking for rather than you know what's there. But I think I see more more glass pens. Um, there were ink last year too. There were a lot of ink last year too. I think we see even more ink this year, and of course we see more toner and limbs ink this year this is sort of the, the breakout year for, for tonal limbs right you know what that's actually interesting because i was going to remark that i see more pens really uh so there's a booth right over there they have did you see the high-end makie yes pens? Yeah, so that, i think they're new and they're really really nice mm. they're really expensive though so I, but i'm still happy mm. to see that uh the table next to them yeah the one that you showed me where they had the ebonite pens yeah. with the pilot uh nib and feet so mm. that was really really cool and i think that the vendors also brought more of their um their store exclusive uh pens and there are more variety uh so it's interesting that i think yeah i totally agree with you that um there's more glass pens mm. for sure i actually think last year had more of an 
ink focus. Maybe it's not that there's like I don't think there's less ink here this year, mm. but the percentage, the the share mm. between uh, pens, inks, uh, I think it's actually improved this year. And one of the things that I see more is that there are more vintage pens this year than last year. I only I only seen one uh, table, and that is the same table we always see at Wagner. This uh, Mr. Mr. Pilot has this table. I haven't seen any other vintage table. Okay. I didn't see Mr. Pilot yet, but uh, Comefio is there, and also um, Penland Cafe from Nagoya are here. So uh, I saw uh, some vintage Mont Blancs that he had there, and he had some vintage Watermans too. So th those were pretty interesting. I might want to check them out yeah. later. But but yeah, I think definitely um, more stuff. I think is the general mm. consensus that we have here today. Yeah, and um, and it's not just yes, it's not just a repeat of, of last year. There was there's some some new vendors. There's a new products that we haven't seen before. And yes, maybe we, maybe we should just get into that and talk about some of the most interesting things we've seen um, at the show so far. So for me. Um, I think one of the most interesting things was uh, Yamamoto paper. So I think this um, this is a small paper vendor. I think they're fairly known, well, and overseas too. They, they create this, uh, they have this paper sampler and they sell these Rubiki notebooks. Um, their new product, which they are announcing here or selling today here for the first time, is a an upgraded version of their bank of the bank paper. So they have worked with Mitsubishi. A paper mill, so the company behind the, the traditional bank paper. Um, and they have come up with a new version of this bank paper that is more white. So the, the, the standard bank paper is more uh, sort of cream colored. This is more white. This has a less of, less of a texture, it's, it's smoother. And it's meant to show off. Um, can we see that? It's meant to show off uh, sheen and, in particular, shading even more than than the standard traditional bank paper. So uh, now, now you're showing my, my show notes, <laughs> but that's fine. Um, no, I think you're right because yeah. uh, touching it, I noticed that it's very, very smooth. Yeah. I think it's like rhodia smooth. Yeah, I, I, I pointed that out to, to the guy that it almost feels like Nodrofil. No, not quite Nodrofil, but it's more Nodrofil than old bank paper. Yeah, because I think old bank paper was quite toothy. Yes. It had a lot of texture. Yes. But this one, I mean, just feeling it, it, yeah. it, it feels like, it, I don't know, it feels like skincare yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I have a feeling that, that this is going to be quite uh, popular because we've seen a resurgence in popularity of bank paper, right? And it has to do with this this uh, chromo shading trend, this trend where you have these inks like Sailor 123 and, and similar that shade in different colors. And you see Sailor and others, they, they show off the ink with the bank paper because yes. bank paper has that property. And this new paper is supposed to have even more of yes. this. And uh, I was talking to the guy at the booth and uh, I asked him, you know, is there something that you want to tell your overseas customers? Yeah. And he said that actually he really wants to show the um, paper collection. So this is uh, is kind of a new product. I, I think rather than saying that it's a new product, I would want to say that it's an upgrade. Yeah, there are different types of paper now, right? Including, I believe, his new bank paper, which by the way is called uh, Takasago Premium. Premium Bank Paper. Yes. So he said there's a, there's a few different types. So there's the... Um, 
extra white kinkakuden. Mm. There's the Yamamoto Bank, uh, Yamamoto Bank paper, and I think there was one other one, but um, I don't remember right now. Right. And interestingly, you can see here, for example, that you can get both bank paper mm. and Yamamoto Bank paper here. And you can see that the Yamamoto one is actually quite a thick paper. It's almost 90 GSM. It's mm. 87.9. And uh, I asked him, and he said, yeah, we actually could make it thinner, mm. but we wanted to make a paper that was more thick. So when I touch it, it doesn't really feel like it very feel, thick. Yeah, exactly. And what he was telling me was that this paper is special also because it's made from, um, it's made in the Mitsubishi factory, but it's made uh, by a machine that's over a hundred years old. Mm. And uh, I think he said he was interested, and you can hear, see here, right? He said he was interested that it's interesting that as paper manufacturing has become modernized, you can make more paper, you can make uh, more paper. He's actually going in the direction where he makes uh, very, very small lots yeah. of this very specialized paper yeah. in an age where even bigger companies like Tomoe River mm. are deciding to outsource their, uh, their production. And so I think it is quite interesting. And you can even trace down to the, uh, the machine that is used. So um, he's using uh, Takasago unit number four. And so it's, it's really, really interesting because he really, um, even when he's making uh, this, uh, this paper taster, he wants people to, first of all, enjoy the paper yeah. and enjoy different types of paper. He says that when a lot of, uh, a lot of people go up to him, he say, oh, what kind of paper should I use? Yeah. But actually, each paper has um, different specialities mm. and, and different effects, different qualities. So it, it's really difficult to say, mm. but when you have uh, this kind of paper tasting, yeah. right, you can really compare yourself and see how each ink yeah. really reacts on each paper. So what you were talking about in terms of Sailor, especially their new ink studios, mm. they tested that on three, I think, three yeah, inks. Yeah. Um, that's actually quite interesting because uh, I think it's one of the first times that an ink maker um, really came out and specifically said, hey, our ink acts differently on different paper. So I think there's a yeah. bit of a interplay in terms of that. Yeah, and going back to our episode about um, the, the, the Ishimaru ink blending workshop, remember we talked to him about you know, fountain pen or ink-friendly paper, which paper would you recommend to really show off these uh, shading properties? And he also mentioned bank paper. Um, as, as one of the types of paper that, that works very, very, very well and really shows off the ink properties. So I definitely think there's been a resurgence in popularity. But going back to what you said about this explanation that he's not just selling a product, but he's selling a story. And, and he was very keen also when he talked to me, he wanted me to really read or take a photo of the page we're showing here that explains, you know, the Takasago paper mail and so on. Yeah, and he told me that you can see this watermark. I'm not sure if everybody can see that. Um, let's see if I can. No, maybe it's a bit difficult to see, but there is actually a watermark uh, right around here. Yeah, very subtle. Very subtle. Yeah, and it says three diamonds. Yes. Which is uh, obviously what Mitsubishi means. Yeah, which means the standard bank paper has to. Yeah. 
So, uh, so I think this is a very exciting product, and I think uh, people in the West will be able to get it from sugar inks and jet pens. Most likely, most likely, yes. And um, while we're on that topic, I actually bought their new notebook. So they made a new notebook. The the Cosmo. Yes, exactly. Um, I can't find it. Uh, I just have it. But um, oh, here it is. So I got this uh, Cosmo note. Everybody see it? Cosmo note. Yeah, he had he had an interesting story about that one too. I, I'm sure he explained to you about the, the paper testing, right? Actually, I didn't uh, I didn't hear that. So why don't you tell our listeners? So I think if I remember correctly, he brought, I think he went to some U.S. pen show, maybe the San Francisco pen show, and I think they had some, some paper testing like lab, basically, where they have all kinds of paper and people try different types of paper to see what they like best. And, and this paper that is in this new notebook came out as the winner of, of, uh, in that paper testing. So this, this is um, the paper that was favored by, by the um, San Francisco, I believe, pen show attendees. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's great because also I've never tried um, Cosmo Air, mm. so I'm really excited to to try this because I heard that it's very very good with inks. Right. And yeah, it says exactly here, San Francisco Pencho. Um, he was urged by fans to make uh, to make this product. So right. so here it is, and I'm super excited. Uh, and I think this is a uh, this is 12 millimeter rule and six millimeter dot grid mm. on a. 83 GSM. So, yeah, really excited to, to check this out. Um, so, when I asked him, you know, do you have anything you want to say to your overseas fans? Yeah. He, he said that he was very looking forward to going to pen shows uh, after after coronavirus. Mm. Um, and especially, he, he named San Francisco, DC, maybe some other US pen shows. But he also mentioned that he really wanted to go to Europe. Mm. He said at San Francisco Pen Show, he met a lot of um, uh, French people mm. uh, who went to San Francisco, uh, who are really, really passionate. So he really wants to bring his product out to Europe uh, mm. eventually, and also um, Macau, Singapore, Korea. Mm. So I think we'll be seeing more of Yamamoto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So while we are on the topic of paper, I want to talk about something else uh, paper-related that I found. So. There's this small stationery store that I've heard about a lot before called the Pumpukudo. So Pumpukudo is this small store in, uh, in Chiba in Motoyawata, which is not a place you normally go to unless you have a very specific reason. It's not really a sort of tourist location, but they have a small store there. And the twist is that the stores only open on evenings. So you have to go to Motoyawata and you have to go there in the evening to buy, to buy their, their products. Um, but so, which is why why not that many people have have a chance to try them. But they are here today. They have a table, and um, uh, in addition to selling like standard stationery products, they also have their own like collaborations, own uh, products. And there's one that they are particularly proud of. Is uh, I'm not sure if you can see that. Can you see? It? Are they in the frame? Uh, yes, they are in the frame. Right. So what this is is. Uh, it's paper from what they call uh, Keiba Shimbu. Now, I don't know much about horse racing, but apparently when you do horse racing, you get some, some paper that explains, you know, the, the, the different horses. Mm -hmm. And that paper, it, it's, you're meant to write with that paper on with uh, your pencils, especially like red pencils, apparently. 
and it's meant to be very, very pencil friendly, but also fountain pen friendly. And they like that particular paper so much that they made custom notebooks with this Kebashim, with this horse racing paper. And that's, that's what I saw in today in this little cute um, pocket notebook form. So I, I, I'm, uh, I now just borrow this uh, for the Insta Live, but I may have to buy one of these myself. Uh, I, these are not open, so I can't show you writing sample, but um, I, I tried them with a, a, quite an inky fountain pen and it performed uh, very well. So good, good, interesting paper, quite toothy. Yeah. And um, yeah, as we said, there are a lot of little shops, even actually stores that I never knew existed in mm. Japan that are here in attendance. Yes. So that's actually, I think, quite uh, the biggest uh, reward right. for coming uh, to the pen show today. Yes. Okay, um, we also want to talk about, I believe, Kobayashi. And we've yes. talked about Kobayashi quite a lot um, in, on the show uh, because they're notoriously difficult to get a hold of, right? Yes. So, um, Jacob, why don't you remind our listeners about Kobayashi? Right, so this is a chain of... Can you help me out? Are you... Yeah. What are you doing? I just need to charge. So you can keep talking. Okay. I'll hold it up. You see you. Right. So Kobayashi is this chain of stationery stores in Shizuoka. Uh, and there's one of those stores in particular that is very sort of high-end stationery, fountain pen focused. Uh, and they produce um, uh, original sailor inks, uh, re more recently original toner and limbs inks also pens from Sailor and also more recently from, from Platinum. And the thing about Kobayashi is that most of the time you can only buy their products uh, when you are in the physical store. Like you actually have to go to Shizuoka and it's not like, you know, you go take the JR to Shizuoka station and it's just two minute walk. It's actually, you know, quite a bit far away. Um, every once in a while they go to events such as this one, right? Um, and sometimes Sometimes they sell some of their pens online, but those that happens rarely, I would say. So most of the time, you actually have to go to Shizuoka. So, so that that is you know the the story behind um, Kobayashi, and they have uh, some of the inks in particular are incredibly popular. They they were one of the earliest ones, or one of the early ones with these you know light sort of turquoise turquoise but very sort of muted pastel like and and. You have the ink chart there. So their inks are immensely popular. And more recently, their Tone and Limbs inks have been immensely popular because they teamed up with a popular calligrapher in Japan, Furin. And they made this uh, shimmering ink. And there's some sword theme, theme to these shimmering inks. And they have been just incredibly popular. And again, sometimes they sell those things on their online store. But most of the time, you have to take the train out to Shizuoka and a taxi and... Um, get out to the store and buy the rings. Yeah, do you mind helping me uh, open this? I can open this for you. Yes. So um, the katana inks that you were talking about just now, I have one on loan here. And uh, this, I believe, is the yellow one. So you can see here, um, Bungukan Kobayashi. And I'm not going to open it, but uh, just the packaging itself is quite different from the regular Tono limbs. Yeah. Uh, packaging so they really have something going on and that particular ink I believe um, it's this one 
so you can see um, it's quite shimmering and it's uh, made by Tonal Limbs who are obviously you know, really prolific in making yeah. these, uh, these inks. And then I also have here with me Betrism 4. Mm. This is a paler pink ink. And this one is here, you go, right there. Yep, so uh, yeah, this is really quite um, their speciality. Yeah. I, I would say that um, their inks are actually what propelled them to popularity. Yeah. But at the same time, they also make a series of pens. Yeah. Kind of, I think the pens are named after the inks. Yeah, yeah they usually do the inks first. Yes. And we have here actually with me um, a Kawasemi, I think this is the Kawasemi C. Yeah. So. And C for century perhaps. Oh, yeah. So this is quite a beautiful limited edition uh, pen. And you can see they kind of took the sailor idea of different um, finials. But it also looks very much like one of the sailor pens, right? The, yeah. the finials are a different color, but, but the, the main body color is almost exactly the same. Correct, correct. And what's interesting, and we've talked about this pen before, but this pen has a soft medium nib. Yes. And he was particularly proud about that. So I asked him about that because, as we said previously on the podcast, usually a soft medium is reserved for, for Platinum's limited editions or for Nakayas, right? Yes. Yes. So this, I think, is, uh, is really, really cool as a product from them. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, no COVID. Um, I think this is particularly interesting because he actually has a stash yeah. of these yes. special pens yeah. that um, have special grinds. Yeah. So we, yeah, so we're not going to tell you. We're going to tell you all about it, but, but there's a special stash, yes. Yes. So this special stash, we're not going to tell you what it is, but we'll tell you it's special, and it's made by a, um, let's, let's just call him a very famous uh, nib grinder. Um, so he has those, and there was one particular grind. It was a bent nib made from a SM nib. Yes. And I asked him about that, and why, why start with an SM for this grind? And it was less about, you know, the, the properties of the SM nib, and more about the fact that it's so unusual. Yeah, it's like a bragging right, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I tried the pen, but it's actually, I don't think it was too different from the regular version. Right. So I'm not sure if the SM actually made a difference. Mm. Yeah. So that's really cool. And we asked him, you know, uh, do you think about selling your products like more online or more to the Western audience? Mm. And he was um, very quick in saying no. Right. And he said, um, yeah, we're not really thinking about it, so you have to pay by cash or credit card. You can't pay by any of the um, electronic um, payment options. And so I kind of joked with him. I said, yeah, you know, the domestic market is actually yeah. you know, big enough for you yeah. to swim in. And he um, non unironically agreed. Yeah, it's not like he was against selling overseas. It's just that he's selling so much now that it's not really an, an immediate concern for yeah. him. Yeah, he's not really interested. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But um, but 
I asked him, you know, what kind of trends did you see, you know, given that Tono Lim is so popular, yeah. especially this year, right? Yeah. And he actually said to me, he said, uh, Sailor is more popular with the lighter colors. Yeah. And Tono Limbs is more popular with like the darker, more exciting colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found that quite interesting because obviously Sailor can do sheening yeah. as well. But um, yeah, as, as he said, Sailor's lighter colors are so well behaved too. Yeah. So that's, a, that's I think, a strength of, of Sailor. Oh, and by the way, uh, this sample, this is written on Tomoe River. So you can see all of their colors uh, here. So one more thing I want to say about Kobayashi and you, I think the, the, the two inks you picked here are so representative of the two ink trends that we have in Japan. So you have, on one hand, you have inks for fountain pens and that's where you have this pastel colored, uh, increasing the chromo shading and the Abashur ink represents that. Then separately, you have inks for last pens, which is increasingly becoming like a separate thing. And that's where you have more intense colors, and that's when you have a lot of shimmer. We talked about this metal shimmer and all kinds of um, particles that don't make them very suitable for fountain pens. And this other, this wording represents that. I mean, it, you may be able to use it in a fountain pen. I asked him about that. Would you recommend it? He said that it's, you don't see much shimmer and you have to clean it a lot. So it was, like you can, but this is not what it meant or sort of what he was mm. getting at. So I think these two inks very well represent, you know, the two separate ink trends that you have in Japan. And uh, interestingly, the um, calligrapher that he collaborated with, yeah. he, they use this, um, they use this ink uh, with a brush pen. Mm. Obviously, because you know, they're, yeah, yeah, they're that, that calligrapher. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then uh, lastly, maybe I want to talk a bit about Bungabox. Yeah. I have one more product to talk about later, but let's do Bungabox first. Okay. So Bungabox is here, obviously, as one of the main vendors. As, uh, as the owner of Bungabox, Kaudersang, she's one of the um, main organizers yeah. of the event. So I asked her, uh, or I asked her team, you know, what would you like to show on the podcast, and without a doubt, they said they wanted to show this uh, this uh, streets for men pen. So we've never really had an opportunity to talk about it while it's in our hands. I'm a bit worried that you're gonna drop it. Um, you wanna hold it? Uh, I'll hold it just in case. So you see, really, this um, Raden uh, Udashi detail, and you see it going up. And then you see this is actually a silver powder. Now it doesn't look silver, mm. but it's actually silver powder that represents the moon. So this, of course, is a very, very cool pen. And something else that I would like to talk about just briefly is about these um, Did little... Did you get the mini too? No. Yeah, I have uh, I want to talk about this uh, notepad. Uh, they're really good at making these um, notepads like that have little motifs mm. and I think a lot of stores uh, do this kind of stuff in Japan so yeah. I'm not sure if it's popular in the West but I don't think so because I don't think there are like stores that are necessarily famous for being you know stationary stores sure. um, but here it's much more common yeah. yeah and then lastly 
I also have this uh, Twinkle Star, or Twinkle Stardust. So, um, here's the Twinkle Stardust, uh, and it has this cute uh, box sticker, and then I'm going to open it, uh, and then, voila, this is the Twinkle Star, and it's quite a pretty pen. Like, what do you think about it? Because I've seen the sample uh, for, I think, since last week, mm. so I, I've seen this pen, but what are your impressions? I think it looks better in person, and one thing I like in particular is how these sort of um, the, the glitter on the cap and barrel, how it matches the rodan on the captainial. Mm. I, I, I think the, that combination works very well. Um, one thing about the mini, I think it's interesting, and we talked about, about how the, um, they recently made a new version of the slim mini where they removed the threads. Um, on the raffinial, right? But but the new, but it, but the fat mini still has that. Even in recent models like this one, um, it may be less of a problem on the on the fat one. So I've noticed that um, I've handled about four or five fat ones yeah. since that, and all of them actually do align. So I think it must have been more of a problem on the slim mini because the slim mini had a. Uh, a smaller barrel, right, right. so that was probably more difficult to align the clip. One thing I really like is the um, the nib imprint, the little like stars. Might be hard to, to get out of focus. Yep, got it. I, I think maybe that's me even my my favorite part of the whole pen. I asked, by the way, I mean, uh, which which nib with are the most popular ones, and they said that in Japan, and the Japanese buyers they buy like fine or medium fine. Yeah. The foreign buyers buy zoom and gross. Yeah, I believe that the medium fine is the is the most popular uh, yeah. nib size in Japan. Which is probably why you see it so often on the secondhand market. There's a lot of medium fines being sold. Yeah, and uh, can you show the cap band as well? The cap band has a special engraving. Ah, uh, okay. Should I rotate it? Yep. It's Twinkle Stardust. Yeah. Really, really nice pen. Uh, and I, I think it's it's just stunning. Yeah, this is a very, very well-made one. Yeah. I personally, I, I like this one more than uh, in Mongata, the, the Street for Men. Mongata? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, yes, a bit of a tangent, but if you look at their website now, that they, they changed it from Mangata to Mongata. They oh, nice. They struggle about the, <laughs> I wonder if that's our lobbying that has But they can't change the cap pen. They can't change the cap yeah. But um, yeah, it's a very, very nice pen. All right. Um, so I have one more product to show. It's, which I think may possibly the most exciting thing about the show for me. So there's a, there's a small company in Japan in... Uh, Alessa is here showing off her boot. Ah, oh, Toyoka. Toyoka. <laughs> Beautiful. Hi to all your listeners. Inki says hi. So uh, there's a small vendor here from, I think, Gifu in Japan. And they are selling a new product for the first time um, today. And that is these uh, aluminum pens. They sold these last week at, um, 
at uh, Gindle 6. Right, because I, I think that they, they told me that this is today's the first time. Maybe some of the models. No, there's one model they sold before, but they, most of the models were today for the first time. And the main feature is a metal, this metal dip pen. Yeah, so when I talked to them last week at Gindle 6, they tried to tell me that this is the first ever metal dip yes. pen. Yes. Um, which, you know, depends are metal, but it's certainly the first one with a glass nib style nib unit. And they say that the, um, sorry, go ahead. Uh, the, uh, the main sort of selling point is that, uh, you don't have to dip it nearly as often as you need to dip a glass pen. So he, he, they were demonstrating this at the, at the table. They were, was one guy drawing like 100 lines. Okay, and it takes a long time. It took a long, a long time, so probably, but he did not have to dip it, re-dip it in between. So, so you dip it once, and you can write basically like a whole page. So that, that that's the selling point. Another one, which is I guess more of a minor point, but because of the way it's produced, uh, so they have two nib widths, 0.5 and 0.8, and um, because it's made by machinery, it's 0.5 means 0.5 every time. Like what glass pens, because of the way they're made, there's there's some individual. Yep. Variety there. So these are very pretty. I I I I, I like them. I asked if you if you can buy them online, and they said no. We haven't we haven't created an online store yet. We started our Twitter account today. <laughs> uh, so we, let's put a link in the show notes to, to a Twitter account. But they they they're just getting started up, and I think this is such a cool pen. Um, and they said um, I. They said that the 0.8 in particular works very well with um, pen, with um, inks that have a sh- uh, shimmering particles. Mm. And I want to draw special attention to these um, these uh, channels, the ink channels. So you can see that there's so many ink channels yeah. for ink to be held, and that's why you don't have to dip it multiple times. Yeah. Um, and I think this unscrews too, right? Yes. Yeah. So so this one has actually takes two nibs. Nice. That's hilarious. Yes. So, so, so you can buy replacement nibs and you can... You can so right now, they only have 0.5 and 0.8, but uh, presumably they, they might have more versions coming. All right. So um, in terms of products, obviously there's so much more to, to see and do. And it's really difficult to go you know, product by product. Obviously, yeah. there's Toyoka here. Um, there's Betchery here. There's uh, Ken's Knight here. You yeah. know, there's so many people here. Um, our favorite Morrison is here. Yeah. Um, Leektop is here. Actually, they're sitting right in front of us. So um, yeah, it's really difficult to go through store by store. Yeah. But I think um, you know, and I hope that we gave a quick idea about um, what it's like to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now we want to open it up to some questions. If anybody has a uh, live questions we're we're open to answering your questions uh right now so just let us know in the comments so we're gonna wait for some questions but we do have a lot of comments saying that this particular pen is really really cool while we're waiting for yeah while we're waiting for um questions what what are your closing impressions about the show my closing impressions are that it's very well organized um, and uh, I mean, not just in, in, 
in the sense that you know you, you, you get to see all the tables, but also that it feels like this is a, how a this is how we run a pen show during a pandemic. Right. It, it feels it, it feels safe to be here. Yeah, and um, for example, Nagahara-san's table is over there, and he is actually still in Kure, right? And he's uh, he's doing his nip grinds from Kure. Yeah. Uh, but through Zoom, so that's pretty cool. Actually, one, one thing about Nagahara which I thought was kind of interesting, yeah, so he's not here, um, so you cannot do, do nib grinds. The idea was that you had to send the pens to him in advance and you would get them back today, but the other thing is that they are selling at his table, they're selling pens ground by him, so they're selling um, a Concord nibs, so he has to call them a big beak. He's selling Nagahara, sorry, Naginatas, Kodachi for, for the small ones. Which is actually an internal name in Sailor for small size uh, Naginatas. And then he has a needle punch too. But, but what is interesting is we're looking at the pens that he's selling. He's selling pilot pens for Nagahara grinds. He's selling platinum pens for oh, Nagahara grinds. But not Sailor. <laughs> and he also has um, that silver stuff. Uh, the silver overlay. Yes. Uh, which, he always, caps. which he always brings to his uh, pen grinding and yeah. grinding events. Yeah. All right. So we have our first question from at Sabakane. So this is Akane from uh, episode 17. She asks, are the metal dip pen tips the same on both sides? The answer is yes. But you can change the uh, the size of the tip, right? So you can do either, as Jacob said, 0 0.5 or 0 0.8. Well, yeah, yeah. The answer is that it depends on what you're buying because they're selling just they're just the, the nib holder, and then you have to decide about what nib to buy. To right. And there are also um, there are also uh, there are also bodies that only take one nib. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I think this one is an example of that section of one. All right, this one only takes one. And by the way, this one is machined in such a way that the, uh, it lines up perfectly. Awesome. Beautiful pen. All right, so um, at Havoc Rose writes, she says, spotting any new trends, um, more so any new cool trends that you think will stick and maybe make it overseas. And she also wants to see the Twinkle Stardust. Uh, I'll just uh, move the video here. So any new trends you see? I don't think there's anything that we haven't sort of covered in recent podcasts. Um, I, I, well, I think the main thing is talking about inks, how there are two separate ink trends. There's, there's the ink for fountain pens, but it's, but it's chroma shading, pastel colors. There's ink for glass pens that is the intense shimmering. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think uh, what we talked about both, uh, you know, you, you saying that there are two different types of inks now, but also what um, Kobayashi told me about how sailor inks are more, let's say, subdued, yeah. and then tonal limbs are kind of more out there and wild. And it really just depends on what you're looking for. And I think that just means that it depends on the clientele, what yeah. clients are like what uh, products. Okay. So um, let's see, any other questions? So at Mirai Cat, our good friend Quay, uh, she's asking, how is the tips Christmas caroling? 
I haven't seen it yet. I mean, we should we should get uh, Alessa here. She she got a chance to, to try it, but but it looked from photos it looked like a bit sort of um, uh, Okuyama like, maybe a little bit more uh, more um, I don't know, a bit more purple to it. Maybe. Kind of maroon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. I don't see any other questions now, but I think um, I think you know this is really a cool event. Um, I, obviously, this year it was difficult for a lot of people to come, but would you recommend people to come to this event? I mean, if if they had to choose maybe one or two events mm. to, to come to Japan, uh, do you do you think this is uh, one of the major ones? Yeah, I think yeah, it's definitely I mean one of the major ones. I, I think there are really three. There are three main events that that you may be interested in. It depends on your your interest, right? So there is the Wagner's Pen Trade if your main focus is vintage. There is the Inkunuma if your main interest is this uh, regional good quality ink, and there is this one if you want like, new new pens. Yeah, and I think uh, this is probably the one where most of the stationary um, themes yeah. clash together. So there's inks, there's new pens, um, there's Inkanuma stuff. Yeah. Uh, so everything comes together at yeah. this event, whereas the other events are more uh, focused. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you're looking for vintage pens, probably this is the wrong show. Yeah. But if you're looking for some new Japanese products and you know kind of the latest and greatest mm. in the Japanese uh, stationery scene, I definitely think that this is quite an interesting place to be. Yeah. All right. Uh, is there anything else that you want to say? No, I think that that's pretty much it. It, it will have been an interesting to, to do a, a a live streaming. We'll, we'll see how how well that works, and if if it does work out well, there are other events coming up where this might be uh, something we, we we do again. Yeah, and obviously uh, we're going to try to make the logistics a bit better. Um, you know, this time we are recording with two phones, so maybe next time we only record one. But uh, but yeah, we're going to try to make it better. Yeah. Um, but I think it's an interesting format. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. So for everybody who's, uh, who's just joined, um, I think you can catch this uh, video on my uh, on my uh, Instagram live, uh, I'll save it to my live stories. And uh, for everybody else, you can listen to the audio version, which will be edited uh, over this weekend, and we'll release that on Sunday as usual. Yeah. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thank you. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye bye.